This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. We are launching a brand new series here to start the fall. You know, fall is like a second new year. The seasons are changing. Kids are going back to school. Um, And life is like this on a constant basis. One of the constants in life is change. So things are always changing. Things are moving in a forward direction. And we want our lives to move in a forward direction. So we have called this series, Write It Down. And the reason we have called it, Write It Down... Is because you're going to write some stuff down, all right, during this series. So everybody needs a piece of notepaper. We know we had a bunch on the seats. If you don't have a piece of notepaper that says write it down on the top, lift your hand up. The ushers have some extras. I know they also have pens. There's pens in the seat pocket in front of you. Now, I know some of you are committed to never write anything down in church, but let's break that rule during this series because the series is called Write It Down. So you need to write some stuff down, all right? So make sure you have a piece of paper and a pen. Uh, keep your hand up if you don't have either item. Let's everybody get involved this morning. We did a good job handing these out. Now, the reason we're going to be writing some things down during this series, and a lot of us are used to taking maybe notes with our phone or looking things up on our phone or typing into our computer, but it is actually proven scientifically uh, that we actually absorb things a little bit better if we write them down um, through pen and paper. Writing helps us to retain ideas better, and it stimulates long-term memory. Um, Writing helps you to understand your thoughts um, and your feelings better. A lot of people do journaling, and that helps them to locate themselves emotionally. Uh, writing things down boosts your productivity. So all the bosses in the house, everybody needs to write some stuff down, to-do lists. You can't just have imaginary to-do lists. Uh, you got to write it down, because if you write it down, you'll remember it better, and you can check it off your list. And then also, a study has shown that conceptual application is improved through writing. This is the purpose that we're going to be uh, just in this series that I want you to write some things down every week. Now, every week in this series, um, you're going to keep some notes and then write some things down that are important. And I want you to keep these notes except for this week. This week, I actually want you to write some things down on this piece of paper and then you're going to throw it out after service or you're going to leave it up here at the front of the stage or you're going to take it home and burn it. Uh, those are your options. Uh, basically, you're going to get rid of it is the idea, and, and I'll explain why here in a minute. Here's uh, a bunch of uh, notes from the first service that people left here up on the stage, and I'll explain to you why this is real important um, here in a minute. Now, I'm not going to be reading any of these things that are on these note papers that if you happen to leave them on the stage after service... Um, what we're going to just do is we're going to write a bunch of things down today, and then we're going to leave all of those things behind. So the reason we're doing this series is found uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2, the part of your Bible where the pages stick together, one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament, and it reads like this. I will take my stand and watch my post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what answer And what I will answer concerning my complaint. So the prophet is saying, I I want to see what God is saying to me. And we should all desire this. 
in this new season of life, literally and figuratively, what is God speaking to me now? And we should all desire to know this. And this is what the prophet is saying. I'm going to look out and I'm, I'm wanting to understand the voice of God. Now, sometimes we maybe struggle to understand what the voice of God is or how do I hear the voice of God. Hopefully, we'll discuss that and understand that uh, better a little bit in this series. But it's never a problem of God not speaking. A lot of times, most of the time, all of the time, it's we're not listening. And so the prophet is saying, you know, I I want to know, God, what you're saying to me. And then verse 2, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So this is why we're going to write some stuff down in this series. A lot of this series is going to be discussing, okay, what's coming up in my future and and what do I see for my future that is important? What is God dealing with me about? And so this is why it's called write it down. The Lord answered to Habakkuk, write it down. So we're going to write some things down so that we can know what the vision is for our lives. For still the vision awaits, verse three, it's a point of time. It hastens to an end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So once again, every week we're going to be writing things down as it relates to a vision for our lives, except this week. We're going to write some different things down that we're going to get rid of. So what are our choices? We're going to throw it out. We're going to leave it here at the front of the stage, you know, kind of symbolic, leaving it at the altar. Or if we're really serious, if we're really committed, we're going to take it home and we're going to throw it in our fireplace or we're going to do something just symbolic to say that I'm getting rid of what I'm writing down today. So let's find out a little bit what we're talking about today and what we need to be writing down. So has everybody got paper? Everybody got a pen? For those of you that say, I'm never going to do anything in church, those people, do you have paper and a pen? All right, because we want everyone to write some stuff down. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says this, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want more grace from God. And how am I going to get more grace from God? Well, I'm not going to be proud. I'm actually going to humble myself. I'm going to, in other words, be in a disposition of receiving, wanting to know what God has for me. I'm not going to puff myself up saying I know everything or I've arrived. No, I'm going to humble myself because when I humble myself, I'm in this place where God can give me more grace. I don't want to be opposed to the grace of God. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So that the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So this is the first thing that you're going to write down on the top of your page. You're going to write down the words anxieties, cares, worries, whichever word helps you to understand it the best. Those kind of all mean the same thing. Cast your anxieties on him, what what you're afraid of, nervousness maybe about the future, uncertainty about the future. Cast my cares upon him. And once again, the the rest of the majority of this series is going to be about the future. And that's how we think about the future. Many times we're just nervous about it. I'm worried about the future. I'm, I'm worried how my kids are going to turn out. I'm worried it's going to happen with my finances. I'm, I'm worried what's going to happen with my career and my job, my education, my relationships. How are all of these things going to turn out? Because they're all, in a sense, we can't see the future. We're way more familiar with the past 
than we are with the future. So we can get anxious about it. We can worry about these things. We can worry about what's coming up. So as I'm talking about these things and you're thinking, okay, what am I, what am I worried about? What am I thinking about as it relates to my future that I might be nervous about? This is something for you to write down because today we're going to say goodbye to those cares. We're going to say goodbye to those anxieties and those worries. We're going to throw them out. We're going to leave them here at the altar or we're going to burn them. We're going to, we're going to say goodbye to them. Now, when we think about worry, you know, worry doesn't ever actually change anything. Worry is just sort of a state of mind, a state of emotions that we find ourselves in just nervousness or anxiousness because I don't know something that's coming up. And what I would say that, and we all know this is actually true, worry never changes anything or anyone. But what it does do, it ruins your today doesn't change your tomorrow, and it ruins your today. Why? Because you're just worrying. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about that. What about them? And what about my finances? What about the world economy? And what about the political situation in North America? And what about what's happening in, in North Korea? And what about what's happening all over these places in the Middle East? What are you anxious about? What are you nervous about? Write those things down because we're, we're going to leave them behind today. We're going to cast the care of those things on God. Why? Because we, we aren't equipped to actually know what the future is. We aren't equipped to have an exact framework uh, of, of what five years looks like. But we, what we do know is that God wants to order our steps. Steps are not five years. Steps are the next thing to do. And this is the vision uh, and thoughts and goals that we will talk about later on in this series. But we're going to start with this idea, okay, what, what am I anxious about? What am I worried about? What am I afraid of? Because what is the scripture telling us? Take all of that emotion, take all of those feelings about my future, my kid's future, my family's future. Not, not that I'm not going to be diligent, not that I'm not going to plan, but the emotional side of it, the spiritual strain of it, as it were. I'm going to take that and I'm going to cast it on God. Why? Because he cares about me. In other words, he is going to help me to walk out my future. His desired future for me does not come by me worrying about it. By me being afraid of the future. How is it going to come? Realizing that God cares for me. That God loves me. That God is interested in the big and small things of your life and your family. He cares about you. He's going to help you. He's going to walk with you every day. And that's a better disposition than worry. That, that's better than laying up at night trying to figure out a plan. Has anyone ever done that? You lay up at night. You lay up, you wake, and it's like 1 a.m., and then what have you accomplished? Nothing. And then you're just tired the next day, and you just wasted a bunch of time just thinking and worrying. And so what does God say? Cast all of that on me because he cares for you. Now, the rest of our series, we're going to be talking about those things as it relates to our future. But there's something else that we're going to focus on today. It says... This in verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The enemy is coming into our life, and the enemy doesn't have tons of power. We don't have to be nervous about the enemy. 
And we never have to be afraid. But what is, what is this idea? He's seeking someone. He's looking for someone who is susceptible to being, to be being devoured. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to be someone like that that the enemy could take advantage of. What does it say? Verse 9, resist him, talking about the enemy. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So now he changes topics from our future to our past, suffering, things that we have gone through. Difficulties from our past, struggles from our past, hurts, brokenhearted, pain, struggles, frustration, stupid choices. You know, sometimes I, I feel like it, when, when you make a bad, I don't know if anyone else does this, but, you know, sometimes if somebody does something mean to you or says something mean to you, you're kind of like, eh, they're a jerk. You know, and that's an easy one to get over with sometimes. But then sometimes when you make a stupid decision, you can, the anger at yourself can linger. Has anyone ever felt this? Like something stupid that you did and then, and you somehow, you're letting that define your today and then it's moving you into the future in kind of a weird way attached to your past. Something that we have suffered through. And then it says this, verse 9, read it again. Resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout all the world. In other words, your suffering, suffering in a sense, is not unique. Because it's actually a really bad place to be in, this sort of extreme self-pity, thinking that your stuff is worse than everybody else's stuff. And then you're sort of a special category of suffering. Now, people, this is common to men. The things that you are going through, people go through. And people have gone through. Something that I've suffered through in my past. So here we are in the middle of this. We're in the middle of this place where we can be anxious about our future. And we can be consumed by the suffering of our path and the past. And both of those things can be weighing us down. Both of these things, I could just be anxious and worrying about the future. And then, uh, you know, just, re- just suffering. All of the suffering from my past is weighing me down. And then what happens? I'm concentrating on my past and I'm afraid of my future. I'm going nowhere. I'm spinning my wheels. And God doesn't want us to go nowhere in life. Life moves forward. God wants us to move forward. Every season of life, God is moving us forward in every sense of the word. God doesn't want us to get stuck. Afraid of the future? Concentrating on my suffering? Talking about my suffering? Categorizing my suffering? Blogging about my suffering? Instagramming about my suffering? See, this is what happens to us a lot of times. We go through something and then we don't actually let it heal or we don't invite God into it to allow him to heal those things in our lives. We just keep picking at the scab. What happens when you pick at the scab? It doesn't heal. And you talk about it and you tell someone about it and you keep picking off the scab and then it keeps bleeding and then you get stuck and the tendrils of your past just grab a hold of you And are holding you so that you can go nowhere. But we don't want to be in that place. We want to to be where Habakkuk says, you know, God is showing us the vision. 
And, and so we're going to look at the vision. We're going to write it down so that we can run with the vision that God has for us. But we want to deal with these things from our past. And so this is the second thing that we're going to write down on our page. We could just put it under the category of suffering. What have I suffered through that is still with me? It's just hanging around. It's just there. And when their picture pops up on my Facebook feed, I'm angry for six hours. And I want to unfriend them, but that would be mean, so I'm trying not to unfriend them. And if you don't want to write their name down, just put their initials. Because you don't want the person to know beside you, because it might be them. You come up with some code. I don't know. But write it down. Because we're going to leave it behind today. We're not going to allow the suffering of our past to define our today and to change our future. Verse 10, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Those four things are better than being anxious about your future and stuck in your suffering. The God of grace God who gives his gifts of love and mercy to us. What is he going to do? He's going to restore us. He's going to confirm us. He's going to strengthen us. And he is going to establish us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Here's something that helps us to deal with the people from our past. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Bitterness. Have you ever felt bitter towards somebody? And you're hanging on to something, you know, they hurt your feelings on purpose. They lied about you. They did something they shouldn't have done. And then, and then what happens? What, what do we do a lot of times? We just stay angry. We don't let it go. And then it, and then it forms into bitterness. And that actually just poisons our life. Somebody said one time, bitterness is like drinking poison to try to hurt somebody else. Letting that thing just linger in our thought life. And, and instead of deciding to think about something else, when it comes up, we just, once again, we think about it for six hours. Or we tell a story. Or we text somebody. We don't, we don't want to maintain that spot. Verse 32, instead, instead of being bitter and angry... In slandering somebody, what are we going to do? Uh, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Here's the kicker. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. God has forgiven you your sins. See, sometimes we're, we're waiting for somebody who hurt us to say they're sorry. Here's some experience I have. They're not coming. They're not coming to say they're sorry. They're not writing you a note. They're happy to be not friends with you anymore. 
What are we going to do? Are we going to let that person define our lives? No, what are we going to do? We're going to forgive them. Why? Just like God forgave me. Oh, yeah, that thing. Oh, God's not holding my sins against me. God's not holding those sins at those times in my life where I was pushing him away. God's not holding that sin against me. He has cut the ties to my past with his forgiveness. We need to do the same. The strings from our past, the hurt, the damage that's pulling us backwards. How do we cut those strings? Well, they're going to say, I'm sorry. No, they're not coming. How are we going to cut the strings? I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forget. I'm going to quit picking off that scab. I'm going to quit telling that story. I'm going to quit thinking about it. I'm going to think about other things. I'm going to think about the goodness of God instead of somebody who doesn't like me and hurt me on purpose. I'm going to cut that string. Why? Because God has a vision for your life and he wants you to run with it. He doesn't want you to be moving nowhere, spinning your wheels when life should be moving forward. We're going to forgive like God has forgiven us. The psalmist writes, Psalm 43, verse 1, this helps us to move forward from our past. Verse 1, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me. Have you ever felt like that? Everybody's ungodly except me. Everybody's a jerk except me. Kind of, He's kind of feeling sorry for himself in the first part of the psalm. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. See, light and truth is somewhere moving me forward, that I can light my way forward. Why? Because uh, there's people surrounding me. My past is surrounding me. Adversaries are surrounding me. Verse 4, then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy, I will praise you with the lyre. Oh, God, my God, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? So now the psalmist starts to ask himself a question. Why is it like this in my life? And this is where we need to get to. Because people are going to do stuff. And people have done stuff to you. But ultimately, you are going to choose whether you let it hold you back or you are going to choose if you're going to move forward. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation and my God. So what do we see there? I'm going to put my hope in God for my future. And then the other thing I'm going to do, well, I'm going to praise God. It's a better thing to do with your words than picking off emotional scabs. I'm going to worship God instead. I'm going to remind myself about how good God is and how much he wants to light my future. And how he's not deciding my future based on the past of what somebody did to me. 
He's going to light my way. I'm going to put my hope in him. I'm going to praise him. This is what's great about coming on time, a plug, uh, to church on Sunday morning. You get to sing all four songs to worship God. But not only then, you need to find your favorite worship music. You need to get, uh, if you're a commuter, if you're in your car, you need to blast it in your car, sing it loud or earbuds, and then, you know, just mouth the words without moving your mouth uh, on the go train. But you need to find some place where you're worshiping God during the week. Don't just leave worship till Sunday morning. Why? Because it moves our attention to God and specifically away from our past, away from what has happened to us. David says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul. So everybody's angry at David. For each of his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in, in the Lord his God. Strengthened himself. That he made a choice. All of these other things were going on around him. But then David made a different choice. Separate from the circumstances. Separate from the present difficulty and the past stories. What am I going to do? I'm going to strengthen Myself in God. Focus my attention on God. Well, what's something else that we have to do? Well, let's find it here in Exodus chapter 14. Let's turn and look at this portion of scripture in Exodus 14. Now, this story is the discussion of the story of that first generation of children of Israel who left Egyptian bondage. And we know the famous story how they went through the Red Sea. Now, there's some interesting circumstances leading up to the Red Sea miracle when they walked through on dry ground. They were there, they had been slaves for 400 years, and they had lived in oppression. And now Moses was there, and he was their deliverer, and he was setting them free, and he was moving them to the promised land. But then what started to happen is the Egyptian army, you know, realized, hey, all of our slaves are gone. Uh, All of our free labor, they have left our country. That was a dumb idea. So what does it do? The army pursues after them. And so all of the, all of the children of Israel, they look behind and they see the army coming after them. And this story helps us so much. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, verse 10, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. Their past was marching after them. What is that thing for you? Write it down. We're going to say goodbye to it today. We're going to throw it at the, in the garbage. We're going to leave it at the altar. We're going to make a choice as it relates to our past. We're going to make a choice not letting our past define our future. But what's, what's happening? Your past will chase you. Your past will come after you tell you that you're nothing and how stupid you are and how you you made so many bad mistakes and how that person didn't really love you and it will come after you and it will come after you they were marching after them and they feared greatly and the people of israel cried out to the lord then moses said it is because there are no graves in egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness what have you done to us bringing us out of egypt They're not in a good place. 
they're really not in a good place. We're like, you know, they're coming after us. We're afraid. And now we're just going to die. This is not a good outlook on life. That it's just, oh, it's too hard. It's too difficult. And Moses, we're mad at you now for leading us. We could have just stayed. Listen, we could have just stayed and been slaves. See, and this is what happens to us as it relates to our past. Our past is the only thing we know. It's familiar. It's easy. The future is unknown. I can get anxious about it. But then sometimes we just linger in the mud of our past because that's all we've known. The dysfunction of our past, the pain of our past, the stupid mistakes of our past. Well, at least I'm comfortable there. At least this is known. At least I know this. Nervous about the future. So I'll just stay here. Do you hear how they're talking? We we have the ability to look at their story and be like, that's a stupid idea. But how many times do we do that? We don't go forward. We just stay. They're afraid. And man, man, we're just going to die. Is this not, verse 12, what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The things that have been tormenting you from your past, I implore you, write it down and let's say goodbye to it. Let's move to the future that God has for us. Let's stop being stuck in no man's land. Not, not any, not really in the past, not really in the future, just existing. Moses said, hey, we're going to see the salvation of God. We're going to go through on dry land. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. Now, I love this next conversation between God and Moses. Listen to it. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? And Moses is kind of like, God, this isn't my idea. You know, I didn't even want to go to set the people free. You made me go. There was miracles and, you, you know, all of this stuff. And, you know, I said, who am I that I can't do this? And you performed the miracles so that I would follow what you said. And I just talked a big talk about how amazing you are. And now you're saying, why are you talking to me? What does God say to Moses? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. We have a choice. God has a plan, but we have a choice. Are we going to walk away from our past? Are we going to cut the ties to our past that have been holding us back? How are we going to do it? We already talked about hope and we talked about worship and then something that's super simple and so obvious that sometimes we miss it. What is it? Go forward. Don't go back. 
to where you were. Don't go back there anymore with the emotions and the pain and the struggle and the frustration and the anger at yourself. Leave it behind. We're going to write it down and then we're going to leave it behind. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on the dry ground. The miracle for you to walk into the future that God has for you. What is it? It's time to go forward. This whole series is about going forward. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, Brothers, I do not consider myself that I have made it my own, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Press on. Press on from the things written on your page today. All of those things that we're talking about, they're not good. But what does God have for us? The upward call. That that we're moving towards God in Christ Jesus. That he's calling us. That he's moving us forward in life. That we're going to stop spinning our wheels. We're going to stop being static. We're going to stop going nowhere. We're actually going to move forward. I'm going to press on. I'm going to press on past the stuff on my page. So everybody should have at least something written down on your write it down note page so far. If you haven't, take a second. And if you're like, I got nothing, write down pride. Last verses. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. This is what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this series. Don't miss a week. It's going to be great. It's not because I am talking about it. It's because God has a vision for your life. And he wants you to write it down and he wants you to run with it. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Make out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Let's just pray this morning. God, we are so thankful for your goodness. We are so thankful, Lord, that you don't want us to be defined by our past. That you have a vision for our lives. That you want to show us and reveal to us. So that we can walk out your plans and purposes for our lives. God, and we purpose to lean into that during this series. But God, we we take a moment to separate ourselves from the things that have happened to us, from the the things that have gone wrong, uh, from the mistakes that we've made, from the frustrations of the past, that we cut all of those strings and we say, like you said to the children of Israel, God, we're going to go forward in you. We're not going to be stuck anymore. 
thank you, Lord, that you are leading us and guiding us and that you are helping us and that you are healing those hurts, that you are setting right those difficult things, that you are helping us to see past our past. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.